Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Astros Baseball. My guest tonight is uh, Rip Griffin, the host of the Rip Griffin Show baseball podcast. Rip, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. I'm glad we were able to finally get together. We've been kind of missing each other, but we're able to finally get together, which is awesome. I appreciate it. You having me on. So I've been on yours before, but uh, I've been dabbling in the, uh, in the arts of creating podcast logos and you're actually using the one I made and, but I'm not done. I think I can make it better. Well, you've done pretty well so far I will be honest and it's been it's been great my my wife saw it and she was she got all excited when she saw it so uh been getting lots of great reviews on it so I mean yeah you got to give yourself a pat on the back on this one yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) so so let me ask you this would you say your podcast is an Astros podcast or overall baseball podcast and you just happen to be an Astros fan I would say it's more of a baseball podcast. Uh, I, I know when you kind of get into this this type of uh, podcasting, you want you want to try to be uh, objective as possible, as much as possible. But I mean, I, I have no. Uh, I, I will gladly say that I'm an Astros fan, no matter what. While I'm on the sh- on the show, but um, to any fan that uh, that comes on the show or or whatnot uh it's a it's a baseball podcast for sure so real quick did you see or hear anything about the kenley jensen being on uh on one of those los angeles podcasts and he was saying that they definitely got cheated and that they should be the champs you hear anything about that i didn't hear so much about that i did see something to where he said that he would not throw at any of the astros batters um, which, which tells me, you know, he, he's out there just to play baseball, honestly. Um, but it, hopefully that doesn't happen, especially with as the season and different teams that the Astros play. Um, but that was pretty much the only thing that I saw um, that he said. Yeah, he was, I didn't see anything wrong with what he said. I mean, he, he was pretty calm. He said, I do think we got cheated. And that's understandable, right? I mean, oh. how can you argue with that? If oh, you know a team cheated, 
and and you lost to them. Of course, you're going to feel that way. But what I wanted to, to ask you or bring this up is uh, I actually listened to the podcast. I clicked on it and listened to it when I went and picked up dinner earlier. And the guy hosting the show, he was, they were, they were calling Astro fans whiny babies and that they, all they do is whine. And that's perspective because that's how we feel. I mean, we're tired of them whining. I mean, the Astros cheated. And again, the players cheated, not the fans. So I don't know why you're arguing with the fans about it. But that, that's how we feel, right? That they're whining. Like, stop talking about it already. It's been like six months. Oh, absolutely. You, they've had six months to whine, cry, and, and do whatever they else they want to. Buy tickets to games that they can't go to now. Um, that's on them. But uh, I think it's time to just let it go and start talking about the baseball season that we're fixing to have, which is, in my mind, music to my ears <laughs> honestly yeah uh, it, it's been it's been a rough few months uh with no sports in general but I, I think dodger fans just need to let it go and um embrace the season that we're going to have that's kind of what he said i mean he i mean i think he handed it pretty rational he said like you said i'm not gonna hit him all we can do we're gonna play him i think four times this year and we just got to beat him that's it and i mean these people were calling into the show too, and it was pretty interesting, but I, I, that's just my view of it. It's like your show is about Astro fans being whiny, and that's all you're doing. You know, you're being whiny. So let me ask you this. I'll get your opinion on this. We'll move to the next subject. I am a season ticket holder for the Astros on the weekends, and it's my first year ever to splurge on it. And you know, the season got canceled, no fans. And I never got offered a refund. And what they did is they moved. And I guess maybe if I would have called and complained or fought it, but my wife was like, you know, just, just use the tickets next year. Cause that's what they offered. So your season tickets move to the next season and you won't have to pay extra. But this is the question I have for you. They said that season tickets holders have priority if there's ever fans in the seats this year, if they do social distancing. So what are your opinion? Would you go or, and what would it depend on how much social distancing there is and like what capacity that they fill the stadium at? I think if I paid the money, I, I would go. Now it all depends on the protocols that are put in place by obviously the state and also what protocols that organization has put into place. I think if they allow enough social distancing between, between fans and say uh, if it's what to 10% or not 10% um, fit what 50% capacity is what it's at right now. So, I mean, you've got 20,000 people that you can scatter out throughout the entire stadium. Uh, I think as long as the precautions are there, um, maybe might wear a mask just to be safe. But, you know, I, I don't see any problem with trying to go catch a baseball game. Yeah, I would figure if the stadium holds, what, 42,000 or somewhere around there, 44? They couldn't do a fourth of it because that would be 20,000. There'd still be quite a bit of people there. I don't know. I, I think it would have to be 
pretty close to 10. I mean, it had to be pretty low. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm like you. I mean, I, I can't afford to get sick in my life situation. But I mean, you know, if there's like 10 or 15 people in each section and we're all five, six rows apart, I mean, I think I would go. The thing is, ticket prices will probably be less next year. So I would almost wonder if they maybe might kind of give you a partial refund just based on, on ticket prices. I don't know if they have a way to gauge a future outlook on what tickets make the prices may be next year, but I think they might have to come down a little bit on the prices. So you might be able to get some sort of refund or prorated cost, you know, upgrade to the section yeah, maybe that that would actually be, be good if you can get an upgrade to a different section i would assume that the tickets would go down because they might have to uh win the fans back with no no tickets this year and uh that's how i feel i think they're trying to reward us for sticking around and holding on to our money because there are some people that wanted their money back you know they're we're in the pandemic people are losing their jobs and they wanted their money back and I think they're trying to reward the guys that are letting them hold on to their money for another year. I can understand that. And uh, um, nobody wants to lose money or lose, lose fans or customers. So I can see them trying to, to come up with different marketing ways to get you to come back next year. All right. So let's go to this real quick. MLB is preparing for opening day. July 23rd or 24th. And I believe what I heard is the first day, which is probably July 23rd, they're going to have two national televised games to just kind of get the season started. And the playoffs are going to stay the same as they were last year and the years before. And I was kind of looking forward to it kind of growing this year to get a little more playoff ball. But the schedule's not out yet. It needs to be. Uh, I think they've made it already. It just needs to be approved by the Players Association. But they're only going to play the West. I don't know if you've seen the schedule yet or the proposed, but they are going to play the A's, Angels, Mariners, and Rangers 10 times each, and that's going to be 40 of the games. And then Padres, Dodgers, D-backs, Rockies, and Giants four times. So one thing I see with this is when we're on the road as fans, our games are going to be on from like nine to midnight. So that's not a good thing, but what do you think about the schedule, how they're doing it? And uh, they don't know yet, but do you think like, let's say they have to play the, the A's 10 times and they don't want to travel. Do you think they're just going to play them five times in a row in Houston? Because that would that would limit travel, right? Yeah, um, that's that's interesting. Um, I think the the logistics is something that is probably still going to have to be work, worked out. Um, because when you, especially with everything that's going on, especially with with this COVID nineteen, I mean, if there's a a city that has a high increase of, of the virus itself, you're going to probably have to have teams that are going to be in different, playing different cities, probably. I don't know how it's all going to kind of work out, but, um, you know, 
playing all uh, like playing five games in in Houston would make sense because yeah. because the quicker you can get them out of the way, the less likely these players are going to be at risk of of this virus. So I counted the the number of days on the schedule from the beginning, the 23rd to the end, which is the 27th of September, it's 65 days. So they're only going to have five days off. So looking at that, that's probably what they're going to do is just go play your five games in Oakland, go play your five games in Seattle, go play your games over here. And uh, that's kind of what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I I think so too. I think they're going to have to – that's a lot of games to play in such a short amount of time and to have uh, these expanded rosters, I think will we'll kind of help a little bit, but I think to limit the amount of time these guys are in one place is going to be key. Um, that way these guys don't bring this if they happen to get sick, which I hope they don't, but if they do, they can kind of eliminate the, eliminate the exposure amongst yeah, amongst everybody. So another thing I want to talk about is this. This is kind of getting some conversation on the airwaves. I know they were talking about it on the radio. They're going to have a runner on second if it goes to extra innings. And a lot of people were curious what's going to happen. You know, I, I, I heard two people talking about it. And I think it might have been that podcast, the Los Angeles podcast I was listening to. And they were kind of arguing, debating who the run should be charged to if the guy starts on second. And I guess they didn't know, but it had already been announced that the guy reaches second, it's going to be scored as a fielding error. So if somebody comes in and hits a single and drives them in, it's not going to count against their ERA. So what do you think about this uh, – Starting a guy on second. What are your opinions on that? I think it's interesting. It adds a new dynamic to the game. Um, I had a a guy on yesterday that we brought up the same the same topic of uh, the runner on second, and supposedly this has kind of already been in the works before the season even started. Now I thought it was something that was actually going to be in the minor leagues, but they were actually going to apply it to the big leagues as well. So it, it kind of speeds up the game, which is what's something that they want to do. But uh, it, it makes things interesting now. Uh, these The pitchers are going to have to kind of buckle down a little bit and try to prevent that run from scoring. So they, you know, their, their side can come in and hopefully try to win the game, whether you're home or away. But it definitely adds a new dynamic to the game that uh, – it might bring a little bit more excitement, a little bit more fans to the game as well, at least on, through, on TV. But I'm excited to see what's, what, how it's going to work. I think that the home team will have an advantage, sort of like they do uh, like in college football when they do the overtime. And you, take, you, know, you play defense first so you can see what the other team did. I, so I think the, the home team going second will have an advantage in this just a little bit. I mean, it'll be the same. Oh, but uh, one thing that's been brought up, one thing that's been brought up, I don't know if you've heard this. There's a guy on ESPN. They were talking about the strategy that can be em- employed when there's a runner on second. So they were saying, well, this is what's going to happen. I think it was Jeff Passon. He said, well, this is what's going to happen. 
you got a runner on second, they're going to sack bunt him over. That's the strategy. I'm like, why wouldn't you do that? There's a guy on second, no outs. So they're going to sack, uh, sack bunt him over to third. There'll be one out. And what's the strategy? Walk the next two guys and load the bases, right? Right. So that may be the strategy, and that might be what we see. So something that we may see as exciting may actually not be exciting if they, if they do this strategy. Yeah, that's an interesting interesting point and uh i had heard something about that possibly using the bunt to get someone over um but hopefully they won't use that tactic but when you're a manager like we'll say dusty baker who's who wants to win the game uh small ball definitely comes into play uh when you you're you're trying to win the game so uh, small ball is something that you don't see a whole lot, especially in the major leagues, but uh, maybe this season we might see a lot of it. Yeah, so that, that's kind of what I was getting at about – it kind of makes more sense now that the team that goes second has an advantage. Let's say you do – the first guy scores four runs. Let's say they bunt the guy over and they get the bases loaded and they have a base clear, bases clearing triple and they score three runs. The next team cannot do that same strategy because they can't afford to give up outs. So I think the first, the first team, I don't know. I don't know who has the advantage. I'm lost now. Yeah, I, it's, it's one of those things that you can scratch, scratch your head and try to figure out what these managers are going to do and something could completely change. So It's also a lot of added pressure on them pitchers. When they come in in the 10th inning, after sitting down all day, they're going to start with a guy on second. And there's a lot of people that won't be able to handle that. Yeah, that is true. That is true. It's not going to count on their ERA, but I'm pretty sure they'll bring it up. Like, this guy started this many 10th innings, and this is how many times. The ghost runner, that's what I'll call him, the ghost runner scored. So it'll be interesting. I'm pretty excited about it starting. Yeah, I, I am too. And even though this is a, a shortened season, uh, I'm just happy that it's, it's back. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. I know you said you had to go at, at a certain time. So I, think, uh, I want to thank you for jumping on with me tonight. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for letting me come on for just a little bit. All right. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.